The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here and joining us for Mother's Day. To all the ladies out there, happy Mother's Day. If you're joining us online, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you and welcome to Lifehouse. We have something really special we're going to do uh, a little different today for Mother's Day. I've actually asked two moms to come and help me preach. And so you're going to actually hear from Pastor Michelle. She's actually on our executive team, and she serves as pastor over all of our operations and our student ministries, and you're going to hear from Margaret. Now, Margaret, her and her husband, Jay, are launching Lifehouse Frederick here coming up in September. So, you know, Jay is better known as Margaret's husband. All right, you probably don't know that a lot. But with that said, I'm excited. So here, do me a favor. Would you give them, and especially Margaret as she comes, a huge round of applause? Goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Now, I know my husband has the hair and the vocals, but I like to think I'm just the funny one. I'd like to think that. I'm not sure. But thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Patrick. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. Thank you guys for the applause. Thank you for the encouragement. Wouldn't it be awesome if we went to work every single day and got that same kind of encouragement? They're like, yeah, Margaret's here at work. Thank you for doing your job. Or if we went home and our family was like, Man, mommy, thank you so much for doing my laundry. You are amazing. Except, if I'm being quite honest, it's actually the exact opposite most days. So the real question is, have you ever felt unheard? Have you ever felt unnoticed? Have you ever felt unseen? You're a mom, you're a dad, you're a mentor, you are all these things. And some days you just wonder, do people even see me past my title? Do, even, do people even see me past what I do or the role that I play or the situation that I'm in? Speaking of moms, I want to say happy Mother's Day once again to all the amazing ladies out there. Come on, there's not enough like claps that we can give to all the moms out there. To all the adoptive moms, to all the biological moms, to all my grieving moms, to all the mentors, thank you. We want to say we see you, we appreciate you, we honor you. Thank you for the role that you play in people's lives. So speaking of roles, outside of me being a mom and outside of me being a spouse, I'm an admin assistant at an elementary school. There is over 150 employees Nearly 800 kids in my school, which means a lot of requests, a lot of demands, and a lot of questions all day long. It just feels like putting out fires basically all day long. Anybody who works in a school knows that. And so then I come home, and then automatically, my Ask Jeeves role turns on. Now, y'all are looking at me like, who's Jeeves? And I'm just showing my age here. But before Google, before Siri, and before Alexa came to play... Ask Jeeves actually had all the answers, except in my home, it's Ask Mommy. Mommy, what's for dinner? 
Mommy, can we do this? Mommy, can we do that? Mommy, can you, can you get this for me? Mommy, mommy, mommy. And so for those of you who don't know, I have three kids. Love my kids. They are amazing. I got one right here looking at me like, what is he about to say? My 12-year-old, he's awesome, super self-sufficient, easy peasy, super easygoing. Thank you, son. <laughs> my four-year-old, have you met her? She will ask you a million and one questions. Also, her teacher's right here. Also asking your name, saying your name five times. Mommy, 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 mommy. Yes! is normally my response. And then my eight-year-old, she is smart, super smart. She has so many questions, but y'all, she already has the answers. And so I'm not really sure why she's asking me, but she likes to ask me the questions. I give her the answer and then she goes, she likes her answer better. Okay, gotcha. So after a long, busy day at work, after a long evening at home, after all the demands and requests and after I've seen and heard everyone else's requests, I lay down and I wonder, did anyone even see me today? Did anyone even hear me today? Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love being a mom and I would not trade it for the world. It is the best calling that I am responsible for. But if I'm being completely honest, it is sacrificially exhausting at times. So much so that I've allowed the stresses and the frustrations to blind me, causing me to feel like a stranger in my own skin. The nights where I've lashed out on my kids for absolutely no reason because I'm tired. The days where I just scroll and scroll and scroll on my phone, not noticing the mommy, can you play with me? Mommy, can you do this with me? Mommy, just pay attention to me. The days where I just wanted to shut the door just for five more minutes because I just want a little peace and quiet just to myself. Who have I become? Who is this person that feels like she's just, just a mom? And I know some of you have felt the same exact way. You feel like you're just a mom. You feel like you're just a dad. You feel like you're just a worker. You fill in the blank. What situations in your life have left you to feel unseen and unnoticed? And so it reminds me of a woman in the Bible whose name is Hagar. Hagar can be found in Genesis. It's the very first book of the Bible. And in some translations, her name actually means stranger. And so Genesis reveals how God speaks to people. He speaks through angels. He speaks through people. And so in this passage, the angel of the Lord speaks to Hagar. And so Hagar is the maidservant of Abram and Sarai. You guys might recognize them as Abraham and Sarah. You see, in the Bible, a name change often signifies a huge change in someone's life. So before they were Abraham and Sarah, they were Abram and Sarai. Abram was this huge deal in the Bible, guys. God specifically chose him to become a family through that family, he would raise up a nation, and through that nation, the savior of the world would be born. That's a big promise, except there's an issue here. 
Sarai, his wife, could not bear children. Well, that's an issue. How is that going to happen? So Sarai had this idea, let's use Hagar. And so what happened to Abram's great faith? Because he was supposed to hold on to this promise that a nation would rise, would rise up through them. Why would he give in to Sarai's scheme of using Hagar, their maidservant, to bear this child? And so in verse 16, Genesis 16, it reads, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. This is a dysfunctional story, guys. Um, Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. I have no idea what's happening in Hagar's mind here, but I cannot imagine the thoughts running through her mind. She probably felt used and second best. Did that cause her to mistreat Sarai? And so verse five continues, this says, then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside to the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Now, I don't know if you noticed, y'all, but in the past several verses, Abram and Sarai never even addressed Hagar by her name. They only ever addressed her by her title, what she did. And I know some of you have felt the same exact way, but can I remind you today that God knows your name and he sees you and he loves you. And so the verse continues, it says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. And so the angel affirms this promise that a nation would be built through her son. And, but this this verse right here in verse 13 is the very best part of the passage. It says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. What do you do when you feel unheard? What do you do when you feel like you're just your title? What do you do when you feel unseen? You see, the biggest idea that we can pull from Hagar's story is this, to see the God that sees you. Everybody wants to be heard. 
Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be recognized. But it will never be enough. My husband, my kids, they appreciate me. They notice me. They encourage me all day long. And it will still never be enough. You know why? Because the only thing that's enough is that God sees me. God sees you. And he's always seen us. He's always seen Hagar. But the very thing that blinded Hagar is the very thing that blinds you and me. And it's what the Bible calls sin. And sin separates us from God, causing us to feel unloved, unheard, and unworthy. And what's worse is that that sin will lead us into an eternal ruin. But God, but God. And so I just want to jump back into Hagar's uh, story here. We're going to fast forward a little bit to Genesis 21. And so at this point, Sarah has sent her and her son away into the desert. And Hagar fears that her son will die of thirst. And so Genesis 21 reads, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. The angel of the Lord once again appears right in the middle of Hagar's situation and he says, I see you. But not only did he say, I see you, he said, I hear you too. God sees you. God hears you. You see, God loved us so much that he heard the desperate cries of the people who felt unloved, unheard, and unworthy. And he sent his son to be lifted on the cross to take on that sin, shame, and punishment that blinded us. And in his death, he took on our sin and he took on our eternal ruin. And not only did he die, but he rose again. And in his resurrection, he gave us life, forever life. You see, we don't see God so that we can be seen. Instead, when we believe in Jesus, we can join with Hagar in saying, I have now seen the one who sees me. So how do you live differently when you see the God that sees you? First, to see the God that sees you, you have to know God sees you. You have to recognize and know that God sees you, but you have to recognize and know the God who sees you. When you, when you know him, you're no longer concerned with being seen or noticed, but you're more concerned and you see those who are in your responsibility, who are in your care. As you've heard, I am a mother. I have an amazing and supportive husband. I have two grown children, one I get to serve in ministry with. I also have a precious, precious grandson. But I remember, 
I remember feeling like the maidservant, unseen, unheard. When I was pregnant with our first child, my husband went into business with his father. I was already working full time, managing a business. I start helping with their business. I then give birth to this little one. And this business, well, it's seasonal. So he's working really long days in that season. So many nights, I was left at home, just me and this little one. And I would fall into bed, exhausted and alone at night. And in that feeling, I just felt I was alone. I was unseen. And it was in that feeling that I became angry. I became resentful. I became frustrated. God, you gave me this husband and you blessed us with a child. But why? Why do I feel like it's not important? That I'm not important. Why do I feel like Hagar? Why do I feel unseen? And I love the verse in Genesis 16, 13. Hagar, she just gets it. And it reads, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. How unique, how special to be someone who gets to give God a name. This woman who feels unseen is now on a very short list of people who've given God a name. I want you to stop and I want you to think about how does being seen and seeing the God that sees you, how does it change how you live, how you work, and how you give, especially as a mother. It's more important to be seen by the God who sees you, the God who hears you, the God that knows you, the one who knows your every thought and your every dream, and he knows why you cry every tear. Hagar, she cried and God heard it. God heard my cries. God heard your cries. And it's when you cried or maybe, maybe you've come in here today and you're crying out to God. God, I feel unseen. God, I feel unheard. Can I ask you just to think and ponder on these three questions? Where are you seeing the hand of God up on your life? How is God responding to you? In what ways can you see God seeing you? See, God is not only seeing you, God is hearing you because God is alive and he is responsive to your needs. But there's an obedience on your part. When the angel showed up, he asked Hagar this in Genesis 16, eight and nine, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her. You see, God heard Hagar and he sent an angel to meet her where she was as she was running away from her calling, running away from her responsibility. 
And God, he heard my cries. And he sent people into my life, not to support me just as a new mom, but to remind me not to run away, not to run away from what God has called me to, not to run away from my calling. And maybe you're here today and God is asking you to do something and you're running. But when you see the God that sees you, you run toward him. Run toward the God that sees you. He's there. He's waiting for you. He's in the hard choices. He's in the difficult times of our lives. But we need to be a willing and obedient so that we can run toward the God that sees us. The instructions that the angel gives to Hagar is, go back. God is sending Hagar back. Maybe today God is sending you back. He wants you to go back to the calling, back to the responsibility that he has given to you. But before, before we go back, God has a word of encouragement. We read earlier where when Hagar was told to go back, that God had given her a promise. And the promise was, you know what? I am going to give you descendants, just too numerous to count. Hagar goes back. When we fast forward in that story a little bit, Sarah now has the son, the son that was promised to her and, and to Abraham, a son that was to be an heir and was to receive this inheritance. And Sarah's like, I don't want Ishmael to receive this inheritance. I want them sent away. So Sarah has Hagar and Ishmael. They're sent away. They're sent out into the desert where eventually they run out of water. And Hagar, she places her son under the bushes because she cannot bear to see her son die. But God, but God heard and God sees. And in Genesis 21, 17 and 18, it says, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand for I will make him in to a great nation. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is telling Hagar, you know what? I gave a promise to you. If you were obedient to me, I would give you descendants too numerous to count. Do you remember the promise I gave you? I'm going to make Ishmael into a great nation because of your obedience. God asked us to obey him. And so when you see the God who sees you, obey him. God lifted up Hagar in her obedience, and God will lift us up in our obedience. And in Genesis 21, 19, it says, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and she filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Just like Hagar, God will open up your eyes 
to see how he is meeting your needs, how he's meeting the needs of your family. The resource was there, but Hagar, she couldn't see it until God opened her eyes to see the water, to see the well. The provision is there, but maybe you need that divine help. You need that divine help for God to open up your eyes to see the resources that he's already providing to your, to your cries and to your needs and to those that you love and that you care for and that you lift up. When Hagar saw the water, she knew exactly what she needed to do. She needed to go to the water. She needed to fill up her skin, AKA that is a water bottle to all of us. She had to fill that up. She had to go and give it to her son. Wait a minute. How tired, how worn out, how exhausted do you think Hagar is from this journey? Yet she had to go and do. When we rely on God, when we rely on his resources, he gives us the strength, the energy, and the resources to help those that we can't even see how to help or even have the energy to help. How tired, how worn out, how exhausted are you on the journey that you have been on? Maybe today you need that divine help, that divine intervention, and you need to cry out to God, God, I need to rely on you. I need to rely on your resources. I need your strength. I need your energy so that I can continue to go back, to go back to the calling, to go back to my responsibility so that I can help lift those up who are around me. When you see the God who sees you, you see what he is doing. God lifted up Hagar. God will lift you up. He will give you what you need so that you can go back to the calling, that you can go back to your responsibility so that you can help and lift those up who are around you. God sees us, God hears us, and he lifts us up so that we can also go and lift others up. When you hear the God who hears you, you obey what he says. Maybe, maybe today, God's been saying to you, go back, go back to the calling, go back to the responsibility, go and lift those up who are around you. Can I challenge you today? Maybe he's already laid a name on your heart today. Someone who needs to be seen or heard or lifted up. Can I challenge you to be obedient to what God is calling you to? Maybe you need to pick up the phone this week. Maybe you need to take someone out for coffee. Maybe before you leave today, or maybe it's at the restaurant that you'll be at today for Mother's Day. Would you be willing to be obedient to encourage someone? Because you see, God sees, God hears, and God lifts us up so that we can see and we can hear and we can lift others up around us.
ladies, God sees you. I know that maybe your husband or maybe the kids in your life or maybe others in your life, maybe they don't see you enough or maybe they don't notice everything you're doing or hardly anything you're doing. And, they, and if they do, they don't say it enough. But I know that God sees you. And really, the issue is not so much whether God sees you, it's are you seeing the God that sees you? Are you responding to the God that sees you? He's always seen you. He's seen your sacrifice, your heartache. He's heard every prayer. It's that are you hearing the God who hears you? And are you seeing the God that sees you? And as a result, does that allow you to be obedient to him and then open your eyes to see everything he's doing in and through your life? But I do wanna give a quick encouragement and challenge to the men right now. So let me, let me just throw this out there first. Men, God sees you too. I know you're feeling a little left out, but God sees you and he sees your hard work. He sees your efforts, right? You're seen by God. There isn't a person on the planet that hasn't been seen by God. God sees you. Really, this is an invitation to, be, to see the God that has already seen you. He's been watching you. He's been paying attention. Every tear, every cry, every hurt, every ache, every sacrifice. Are you seeing the God that sees you? And then the challenge to men. You've been given a unique opportunity. God's given you strength. You were created that way. Strength of character, emotional strength, even some physical strength. Some of you more than the rest of us. But either way, you've been given, you know, really unique God-given strength. How do you use that? And so from this story, what you have is Abraham, or at the time, Abram, who he saw God, and God gave him supernatural faith to believe in the promises of God. But in this situation, he did not see his wife as the answer to the promises God gave him. And so he gave into, think back to the Garden of Eden, right, where he's giving in to a scheme. And so as a result, they take advantage of and use another woman. And so the, the key here is, men, are you seeing your wife, husbands, fathers, are you seeing your daughters? Do you notice them? Are you affirming them? Do you value them? Are you speaking life over them and not death? Are you building them up and not tearing them down? In essence, the God-given strength that you have, are you leveraging it to build them up rather than tear them down? Are you leveraging your strength to fill in the voids in their life where there's weakness and hurt? Are you leveraging the opportunities God's given you to create opportunity for them? Are you leveraging your platform to give them a platform, your voice so that they can be heard. See, man, I, I really believe that God has given you faith to be a leader in your home. God's given you strength to build up weakness so that your wife, your spouse, those, your daughters, the women in your life know that they are seen by God. And so there's right, there's like a two-part to this. And so I just want to come and just kind of encourage you and challenge you as well. Now, let me, let me do this. I just want to encourage everybody here, and you're joining us online. Would you just close your eyes for a moment?
want to give you an invitation. Maybe when our service began, you felt unseen or unheard, unworthy even. Does God even care? And this much I can assure you, that God knows you by name. He loves you. He is for you. He hears every cry, and he is present in this moment. And so I want to invite you to respond. If right now what you need is to receive that new life, through faith in Jesus. You need to be forgiven of your sins. You need, to, you need to know that God sees you. I want to encourage you to respond right now. You're, you're making a commitment to put your faith in Jesus Christ. But, but right now, it's part of it's kind of like, I, I want to know that God sees me. And so we're going to encourage you. If you're making that commitment right now, maybe just put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I, I'm saying yes to Jesus. And there's kind of like a raising your hand to say, God, I see you. I need to be seen. Maybe just put your hand up right now and say, yeah, that's right where I'm at. I'm ready to make that commitment to putting my faith in Jesus. And that's right. Just go ahead and slip your hand up. Because what we want to do is we, when you're putting your hand up, we want to put a card in your hand. We see you. And I just encourage you to fill out that card. And we want to follow up with you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus. If you need to hurry out the door, you can fill out that card and just drop it in a giving box. Or you can, if you're joining us online, you can text the name Jesus to 81411. But I want to take a moment. I'm going to pray over you. But before I pray over you and I pray with you, I want to give you also an encouragement. As we go into this next song, Maybe you need someone to pray with you. Maybe this uh, message has kind of hit close to your heart. I'm sure it has. We, we have a prayer team available on either side of the platform. They'd love to pray with you. But maybe some of you, you just need to know that God sees you. For some, maybe it's just a matter of kneeling down. Or maybe you need to get out of your seat and change your physical posture in order to meet God. And so we're going to create space right now. If you need to get out of your seat, you just need to come up front. Maybe you just need to get out of your, your seat and just come forward a little bit and just say, God, I, I need to know that you see me. As we go into that, this song, you can certainly do that. We're going to invite you to do that. Like I said, if you want prayer, you can come forward for prayer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over you, and then I'm going to invite you to stand with us. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are not far from you. Jesus, thank you that you see us. You're the God that sees you're the God that hears. And right now, in this moment, we respond and we say, God, we, we see you and we hear you. We see the God that sees us. Thank you for those that are saying yes to Jesus by faith. And they are receiving forgiveness of sin and new life through faith in Jesus. God, thank you that every one of us can be confident that you see us. And now our responsibility really is to see you and obey you and see what you're doing in our lives and all around us. We respond to that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.